You're listening to the Beauty Me podcast, which is all about beauty without the BS. If you're interested in how the worlds of beauty and wellness are intertwined, or you're obsessed with daily rituals of skincare and self-care, or you just want to know the latest when it comes to new beauty, this is for you. I'm your host, Sharice Kenyon. Hi there. This week's episode is a short and sweet beauty news update. Actually, it's kind of newsy, kind of things that I'm thinking about right now. First of all, let me give you an update on the podcast. I'm slowly edging my way back into the face-to-face interviews, which I love. I can't express what a difference it makes to be able to meet the guest in person. Many of you probably know I'm a photographer, so I get to photograph them. I get to film with them. And from the few filmed ones that we've done, I know that a lot of my listeners actually prefer watching a podcast. So I've got a really special one coming up. I'm not going to tell you who the guest is, but it's someone that's been on the podcast before. We have so much footage. It's going to be a lot of work. So I haven't got an air date confirmed, but I can tell you, well, we're actually both sharing our own beauty must-haves. We're just sitting down together, comparing our favorites in the comfort of what I have to say is an amazingly beautiful home. But that's it for now. I'm not even sure if I've ever mentioned that I have a newsletter on here, but I do. Um, Every Thursday at 12 p.m. BST, I send out Beauty Me notes via Substack. I think I'm on the 21st issue now. It's basically an update on what I'm loving, reading and watching, maybe eating. And I also share my Minute Muse, which focuses on someone who's really inspiring me right now. To sign up, go to beautymenotes.substack.com. Okay, so I really wanted to discuss the Clubhouse app because lately I've been wondering if it still holds that appeal for beauty pros and enthusiasts. So I'm strictly talking about beauty here. I remember when I first started popping onto Clubhouse, I can't remember how many months ago it was, but it was kind of like I signed up and I waited a while, maybe a couple of weeks before I started popping in there. And at first, I will be honest, it just felt like so many voices, so many opinions. But I realized, you know, you have to, it's on you to find your way around the app and find rooms that are held by people that you can relate to or who inspire you or just stimulate your mind. So for me, the key groups were former guest Jalisa Jaikaran's The Beauty Room, which happens to be the biggest beauty room on the app, and beauty reporter Darian Simone Harvin's Beauty Headlines, where Darian often runs through the topics she's covered in her newsletters, as well as the latest beauty news and trends. But aside from these few, I'm kind of feeling a bit blah about beauty on Clubhouse. And I think I know why. I recently spoke with a beauty editor and she said that for her, the platform has kind of morphed into a place where it's just a case of hundreds, if not thousands of opinions. And often they are coming from talent managers and influencers. And there's not something necessarily wrong with that. It's just that for me, the initial focus was definitely creativity, sharing ideas, a community, and it was exciting. And I was actually really happy for the clubhouse creators that they'd come out of nowhere seemingly and were really creating a buzz. 
people all around the world were talking on this app at any hour of the day. That's the thing with Clubhouse. You can pop on right now and somebody somewhere will be talking and sharing. So there's a lot of positives, but I'm in an industry that is highly visual. So for some of us who are involved in beauty on perhaps the more creative side rather than the management marketing side, we might feel like we're missing something because Clubhouse is an audio-only platform. But that's just my idea. Another turn-off for me personally is that often the rooms go way off topic. So you could join for one subject and, you know, perhaps people get involved in the Q&A bit and it just turns into something completely different. So that's when I'll often find myself saying, I'm out. Don't get me wrong, I am not one of those people that's saying that the app is over, even though Spotify has brought out its competitor, I think it's called Green Room, and you can actually upload the conversations and keep them, and I know that you can't do that with Clubhouse, so it's like if you miss a Clubhouse, you miss it. So yeah, competition is coming, but I do think Clubhouse is great for sharing ideas and thoughts, but for me, you just the fact that you can't show those ideas, I guess that's what's a bit lacking for me. And it might be why I've been really enjoying watching people talk and create on the live streaming beauty app, newness.com. You can engage with someone, watch them doing their makeup, listen to them, have discussions with several other people around the world, ask questions of them, also chat to the other people in the room. And You can also share imagery, so you can also learn on newness. I've actually done my first live stream, so if you want to check it out, head to newness.com forward slash Sharice Kenyon, and I'll definitely be doing a few more. I think it's just a different kind of vibe, and the thing with newness is it is for beauty. It is fully dedicated to beauty. So you know that if somebody pops into your live stream, They're there because they want to know what you have to say. They're not just kind of drifting around aimlessly, perhaps looking to criticize or comment on something. Like if somebody watches you on newness, they are genuinely there to hear what you have to say. And one thing I love is how the people interact with each other. When I did my one, we ended up, it was about mental health and makeup, but we did end up talking about how music affects us when we're doing our makeup And people ended up sharing songs that make them cry. And it was just really cool. It's just a different kind of vibe. But anyway, going back to Clubhouse, I'd love to know what you think. Do you use the app? And do you use it to follow beauty rooms? And let me know if I'm missing out on some interesting rooms, beauty or otherwise. You can DM me on Instagram at beautymepodcast or email beautymepodcast at gmail.com. So let me know what you think of Clubhouse. Finally, I wanted to share my thoughts on a recent British Beauty Council webinar. This week, they hosted an event with Facebook called Beyond Bias in Beauty. The event aimed to explore the importance of inclusion, creativity and empowerment within the beauty community. So I was really intrigued. I think the reason I was so intrigued is because I find the whole concept of diversity and inclusion a hopeful but kind of stressful one because on the one hand I can it's kind of cool that I can have a conversation with someone and they say oh we had some DNI training this week and I'm just like wow we're really just like throwing out this DNI you know 
it's easy to say instead of saying diversity and inclusion. We can kind of breeze over it and it's something that people are happy to go and spend an afternoon being trained in DNI. But is it really going to change their preconceived notions, like what is at their very core that they have likely honed over decades? I'm not saying that DNI training, diversity and inclusion training, is not a good thing, but I am wary. I am concerned it's just a trend. Is this something that's going to last? Are we only ever going to see interracial couples featuring light-skinned or mixed-race women as a nod to inclusion? I say this as a mixed-race woman, and I feel like mixed-race women and children are the new tokens. It feels like brands from every industry think that by throwing in a mixed-race child, they've ticked that DNI box for at least a year. I want to see women of every skin tone across every industry, every kind of advert, And I want to see it five years from now, 10 years from now. And I say women because women are still seen less than men, especially once they reach their late 30s. But anyway, back to this Facebook event. Beyond Bias in Beauty opened up with some insights from Zara Chatu, Head of Connection Planning at Facebook. Zara discussed many, many issues within advertising, including how the media plays a major role in amplifying stereotypes. She said that stereotypes are deeply rooted in our everyday life and that while media shapes that culture, it also has the power to change those stereotypes. There were some really intriguing stats shared, although I wouldn't say they were surprising. For instance, apparently only 7% of people in the UK feel represented in advertising. So there's me being concerned about how I'm seen as a woman of colour. But it's not just me. You have to think about trans people, you have to think about disabled people. There's so many of us that aren't feeling seen. Zara said that in order for things to change long term, representation has to have depth. Otherwise, it will just appear as tokenism. She raised some questions that we as consumers should be asking ourselves. Am I represented in brand X's advertising? Am I represented in brand X's decision making? And does Brand X have the right people in the room to make these decisions? Zara said that the brands that will thrive will be ones who know who they are and are confident enough to work with creators that come from my diverse background. The phrase she often used was, are you in control enough to let go? Which I loved because if you know your brand and you're confident in your message and that your audience is with you, then why not open up the stage? You can likely only benefit profit-wise. Zara also shared the four key communities that brands should really be paying attention to right now and in the future. First, non-binary colour enthusiasts. So definitely talking genderless makeup, that's purely about colour and play. Next, black beauty revolutionaries, which is definitely a market with huge growth potential as newer and more innovative brands come through. Third, there are the future forward muses, more mature influencers that are pro-age as opposed to anti-aging enthusiasts. And finally, men that care, men who are paying more attention to grooming. In the US alone, men are spending $6.9 billion on grooming products and around 56% of men wear some kind of makeup. These stats were shared by Becky Owen, lead brand partnerships at Facebook. 
She hosted a Q&A with Trisha Dasnwani, founder of inclusive beauty brand Cole Creatives, Sasha Louise Polari, a curve model, makeup artist and creator of the filter drop hashtag, and Gary Thompson, also known as the Plastic Boy, talking about genderless makeup and inclusion. I have to admit, I was there mostly to hear what Sasha Louise Polari had to say, because she's someone that has really rocked how the beauty industry sells to us. And she convinced the Advertising Standards Authority, the ASA, to admit that filters should not be used when influencers create ad content. It is not a legal requirement, as some people have thought, but it is something that Sasha's raised so much awareness on, and it's definitely a move in the right direction when it comes to transparency from brands and influencers. A key point that I really loved that Sasha raised was how we need to be more understanding of being and looking tired. I don't think it's something we ever talk about. Sasha mentioned that many of us have late nights and will often apologize for looking tired. And she just questioned, why is that? Like, why? Where did that standard come from? We are not going to wake up every day looking the same way we did the day before with bright eyes. And we're certainly not going to look young forever. Why? Why should we hide tired eyes? She also brought up the phrase anti-aging and questioned whether it means that certain products aren't meant for us once we have aged out of that bracket. A final point that I wanted to share was raised by Facebook's Becky Owen when she read out a Susan Sontag quote from 1978. Susan Sontag was someone that she's an American writer, filmmaker, philosopher, teacher. I think I first stumbled upon her work when she wrote about photography and she's discussed feminism. She's discussed the female body she's discussed war. She can be very controversial. And yes, I know Susan's work isn't for everyone, but I definitely agree with her on this point. Susan wrote about how there was only one beauty ideal for women, that of the girl, flawless, unlined, beautiful skin. But for men, there are two standards. Men can go from being that boy with the beautiful, clear skin to being a man with, you know, a rough, hairy, imperfect exterior and go on to still be socially acceptable, whereas women are locked in the girl. Past that, we're not looked at. Um, I know in the event they talked about quite a few statistics where women over 40 are just half as likely to be seen in advertising as men at the same age. Actually, I've probably got that stat wrong, but it's basically... We still have so far to go. I really felt like the Beyond Bias and Beauty event could have gone on for an entire day because there's so much discussion that needs to be had and it needs to be, people like to mention, you know, uncomfortable conversations and then they'll have one and then it's over with. But I think this needs to continue and I really hope that the British Beauty Council keeps up this work until a day comes when we no longer need to talk about it. Likewise, I could probably talk about the event all day, but that's it for now. Be sure to check out the show notes where I'm going to share all of the social info on everyone and everything I've spoken about today. Thanks so much for listening. You can find me on Instagram at beautymepodcast and feel free to slide into the DMs. Do please like, subscribe and review. It really helps Beauty Me be seen. Beauty Me.